Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Excuse me and welcome to Midweek. I am so amped that you are on. Hey family, it's been a crazy and a good way day at All Nations. We have literally been praying for 13 hours today. It's been phenomenal. It started at 6 a.m. right here in the sanctuary. We were live on Facebook and YouTube, and I was leading in prayer. If you missed that, you should go catch the replay, not because it was me, but because it was God. And um, God did some tremendous things, and uh, I don't think you should miss it. It was really unusual, extraordinary, some of the things that God did. And then we skipped over to YouTube, and our intercessors have been leading in prayer all day long. I just want to shout out every single one of you who have led the time of the post in prayer. Wow. And then there were those of you who are also on as support and just making sure. And uh, we actually broke records today for the most amount of people we've ever had at the post. <laughs> either live or <laughs> virtual ever. And so it was just, it, it, it was it was phenomenal. And so, um, and also just shout out to our prayer director, Pastor Julia Sombrano. We just honor her for leading so well and leading the team well. We just, we're grateful to have such a great uh, team, a great group of people that are leading the way in prayer. So I'm excited about all that God did today. I want you to do something. I want you to press that supernatural button. You know what it is? Press that share button and invite someone to come on and join us today, uh, tonight. I want you to invite them. God's going to share some really powerful things tonight that I believe are going to impact your heart and help for you to see life the way he intended for you to see it. And we want as many people as possible to participate with this and to be a part of the journey. So go ahead and do that now. Press that share button. Do it now. Now, if you're feeling very, very uh, froggy today, go ahead and tag somebody in the comments. Go ahead and tag them, wake them up, tell them we're on, and let them know that we are here for midweek. God is up to something absolutely extraordinary, and we want everyone that can to be a part of it. Absolutely. So listen, listen we're going to the Word, um, but before we go to the Word, we're going to spend just a couple of minutes in prayer. Um, and so I want you just to posture your heart right where you are, make a space in your home, and let's go before the Father. Lord, we're so grateful uh, for your goodness. We're so grateful for your strength, your might. Lord, we're thankful for every single thing that you have not only done, but the things that you are about to do in our lives. We're so grateful for your love. I, I just sense that and feel that so strongly today, Father, your love being expressed towards your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your love, your love, your love, and not only your love, your peace, and not only your peace, your joy. Thank you, Lord, for that peace, your joy, and your love being in our midst. Father, I welcome you into this space. Do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 in verse number 27. We are in week something. I think it's four uh, of this series. And so we um, are going to Genesis 1 and 27. We're going to continue uh, teaching today out of the book of Genesis. And we're going to be here for quite some time um, in the book of Genesis on Wednesdays. Uh, we'll be introducing a new series coming up on Sundays, but we're going to stick in this book right here um, on Wednesday night. So 
Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. I do want to shout out to my baby mama. I love you. So, uh, hey. All right. Genesis 1, 27. The Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them. I, I want to I just stay there just for a minute. I, I want you to see all of these thems that are present. The idea that the blessing of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, the, the hope that he gave to man was not just given to a man, but he also gave it to woman as well, them. Why would you highlight that, Apostle? Well, it's important to highlight it because I think even in 2021, we are still dealing with a spirit that wants to make God's daughter less than. There, there's still a strong spirit out there, this misogynist devil, that wants people to feel like women are second class. But from the very beginning, that's the only way that we can get our pattern, is from the beginning. From the very beginning, he says, listen, both of them were made in my image. Both of them were made in my image. And it's not this idea that male is somehow better than female. I should be getting a lot of activity in the comments right now, ladies. It, it is not that male is better than female. He actually has called for the two to come together to complement each other, to be able to fulfill the purpose that he has for their lives. The blessing is on them. The blessing is on them. And I want you just to type that in the comments, just all caps, type in them. Just do that real quick. Just type in them in the comments real Real, real, real big and just let everybody see that because it's the reality of the kingdom of God that God is moving on them, on them. So he says, so he created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, look at this, be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. Let's park there again. It's a part of every single male and female's assignment to be fruitful and multiply. This is not an assignment of having a bunch of babies. I'm good at that, but that is not everybody's assignment, okay? It is important for you to realize that, that, that God is not just saying babies. What God is talking about is what you produce out of your life, that when he designed you, he wanted you to be fruitful and for you to multiply. As we saw in the previous scriptures, the Bible said that he has said everything to make after its own kind. It's the same essence. This same idea of its own kind is the same idea we see from an Elijah, Elisha experience. It's the same idea we see from Moses releasing his spirit to the 70 elders. It was this idea of multiplication, that the essence of what God had called me to do, the mission, the mandate, the call, was not just for one person, but this thing was generational. Now, we're not talking about just natural generations. We're talking about spiritual generations as well, that there is supposed to be a duplication. So Elijah, Elisha, you see that relationship and Elijah asked Elisha, what do you want from me? I'm about to ascend to go be with the Father. And this is what Elisha says to him. He said, give me a double portion, catch this, of your spirit. 
In other words, not the spirit, your spirit, the essence of what God had placed inside of you, I want you to duplicate that inside of me. This is powerful because this breaks some of the mindset, again, and I know some of us are not going to like this, that our relationship with God is so personal. Don't get me wrong. It is personal. It is intimate. But it involves more than just you and him. There is a spiritual legacy that every one of us is born out of. You are a part of somebody being fruitful and multiplying. Yeah. So as, as I teach and I do what I'm doing and do what I, God has called me to do, we're experiencing the multiplication. Not a bunch of Shermans. We only need one of that guy. No, 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 no. It, it, it is the mandate. It is the call. It is the mission that God has placed inside that thing to be duplicated and even a kingdom perspective that God releases. We don't only see that with Elijah, Elisha. Let's give more proof of it. We see it when Jethro told Moses, hey, this work that you're doing is not going to be successful if you don't do something different. What's the different he told him to do? Be fruitful and multiply. He says, take up the spirit that's upon you. So the scripture says that Moses, Moses took up his spirit. There's that word again, not the spirit, his spirit. Moses took up his spirit and released it upon the 70. What are you seeing here? You're seeing multiplication. You're seeing duplication. You're seeing someone being fruitful and multiplying by the power. Let's give a word here of impartation. The power of impartation, right? There are some things that we need. Information is important. We live in an information age. Information is moving faster and faster than it ever will be before. Parents must watch their children because people are now having access. My kids have access to information that I would have never saw at their age. But just by the press of a button can be taken into a world that was never intended for them to be taken into. That's something prophetic there. I just, that's just a, a warning, I guess it is, for parents to be very careful with your children and your technology. Do not allow technology to give you a parenting vacation. I get it. I got four kids, about to have five. I understand. We need breaks, but you need to find a different one. Let them go draw. Go play outside. <laughs> go do something but that dag on facebook and and google and instagram and i use all of it to the glory of god it, you have to be very careful because your children are being led astray the enemy is called the prince of the air he is trying to steal the airwaves, and one of the major ways that he's introducing lasciviousness, seduction to a generation right now is through the power of the Internet. I'm not against the Internet. Hear me. I'm using it right now. Duh. What I'm saying is that it has to have a purpose in our children. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Must be guarded in this season must be guarded in this season and don't press into trying to be your kids friends so much that you let them do what they want to do and go wherever they want to go I'm not your pal I'm not your buddy I'm your daddy and I'm going to help produce something on the inside of you that takes you to the next level don't know where that came from but the Holy Ghost but be wise and allow that to happen being fruitful in multiplying is an idea part of that idea is impartation releasing so information is moving and we can release information, but I still believe in the power of impartation. Elijah, Elisha, Moses to the seven day. The power of impartation, Jesus to the 12. The power of impartation. And, 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 I, and I don't want us to move away from what the scriptures call the elementary doctrines. 
<laughs> the elementary doctrine. One of the elementary doctrines that the Bible mentions is this, the laying on of hands. Now, for some of us, that's new to us, but to the Bible, he calls it basic. Basic doctrine is the laying of hands. Another one is baptisms. It goes through and it goes through, and you can go and study it later. But one of those elementary foundations, one of those elementary doctrines is this idea of the laying on of hands. Through the power of the laying on of hands, not pushing people down, not throwing people across the room, by the laying on of hands, something powerful begins to happen through impartation. But that's not the only way you receive impartation. You receive impartation through teaching. Teaching happens on many different levels. Please catch this. There is the teaching where I, we use the power of our words, like we're doing right now, and we're able to break things down, line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, the idea is, 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 is the word, is the didactic anointing. So it's, it's this idea of making sure that things are uh, paddleable, uh, uh, people are able to grab it and to be able to apply it uh, to their lives. So we understand the teaching through words, but then there's also, Natalie, the teaching through actions. We forget that. It's the teaching through action. There is impartation by people even following a life. That's why Jesus had the kind of conversations that said, follow me, I'll make you. So there's formation in following a life, not just teaching. There's formation in following a life. And in order for you to get the level of impartation that God wants you to come, you've got to remember this is not the glorification of man. Hear me. This is not the idolization of any man. This is not putting man above God. But I need you to understand that you will not really receive what you need to receive in the earth the way you need to until you value impartation from a man. A man. God's not on the earth. He's not here. He's actually seated on the right hand of the Father, chilling. You understand? He's chilling. What did he do? He raised up you. That was the point of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes not only to comfort you, but to empower you to what? Change the world around you. And then God has designed you and said, hey, I need more than one Zidia. I need her to take this mandate that's upon her and to teach through her actions and to teach through her words. And you've got to create a life that's worth following. How do I know that a life is worth following? I know a life is worth following if it lines up with the word. Just that simple. It's just that simple. A life is worth following if it lines up with the word. We're not just following people just to follow them. You know, I'm on Instagram. I have a lot of followers, 19,000. It's not really a lot. I want to get to 20 fast. So if you go and follow me, that'd be great. But, I, I, you know, there's people that follow me on social media, but it's, it's bigger than social media. It's bigger than people showing the highlight reel of their lives. God wants to really press into, and I think there's a fresh honor coming upon covenant families, coming upon community in this hour. I think it's so important that we, we, we press into that. We receive what God is doing. He puts you in houses to grow you up. Right. It's important. Yeah, it's the family structure of God. And if there's a family, there's always going to be a household. The Bible calls it the household of faith, the household of faith. And so God uses that imagery in the word on purpose. He wants all of us to be in a house. Yep. And he wants us to have relationships. And through the power of these relationships will come impartation. But the key is a life worth following.
right? And as people are able to follow our life and we're open books, allowing for people to journey with us, they can receive impartation. All right. So what are we saying? God wants us to be fruitful and multiply. Here's the piece. And to feel the earth. Feel the earth. Let's talk about that. Again, it is not just natural babies here. We're talking about filling the earth. What if we were able to, through the power of winning souls and discipling nations, winning souls and discipling nations, two different things, winning souls, bringing people out of darkness, bringing them into light, but it goes to another level when we move into the aspect of discipling, right? Causing for people to become mature in God. That's going to be a very important thing. As we go through that process and as we're clear with that, what we're doing is we're filling the earth with godly disciples. As, as, we, as we disciple people, we're fulfilling the mandate of filling the earth. We're filling the earth with godly disciples. The enemy has spawned. The enemy has children that are dedicated to his kingdom. The enemy, the enemy even the scripture says, you are, you are of your father, the devil. Talking about a lying spirit. There, 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 there are people who have committed their lives to following a dark kingdom. No shade, no condemnation, facts. Our job is to not reject those individuals, but to be a part of the process of bringing them out of that darkness into the light and discipling them. So by doing so, we depopulate hell. Are you hearing me? We depopulate the kingdom of darkness and we fill the earth with the kingdom of light. How do you fill the earth with the kingdom of light? It's going to be through winning souls and discipling nations. And I need you to grab a hold of this. This is the mandate of every single believer. Of every believer. Let's keep moving. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Look at this. And subdue it. In other words, take over it. Your job is to take over the earth. It is not just to live here. It's not just to exist, but it's to take over. And I think when you grab a hold of that mindset, you begin to see freedom. It says, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So man has authority. Man has authority. Let's skip over. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. If this is good to you already, I want you to type it in the comments. This is good to me. Let me know that we're doing good and sharing. Now, if you haven't already pressed the share button, please go ahead and do so and invite someone to come on. Even text someone and tell them that the word is good. Um, you don't have to lie to kick it. If you don't think it's good, then don't share it. But, but if, you, if you think it's good, go ahead and share it and invite someone to come on. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth... And all the host of them were finished, okay? So God's done, right? He's created everything. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. And he rested. Oh, I, I want to. Um, he rested, okay? I want to talk uh, very briefly. I want to talk to you about the, just the importance of rest, and I want to deal with it on two different levels. I really don't want to talk to you about, um, and not that it's bad, you do need physical rest, okay? It's important that you do that. I am of the, uh, of the understanding, I've been people building for a very long time, that most individuals actually overrest. 
So, so I'm, I, don't, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on the, uh, on the physical aspect of it, but I do want to spend some time on the spiritual concept of resting. Um, the idea of resting in who God has made you to be, who he's created you to be, and to move outside of striving. And I just want you to just think about that today. And just really quickly, if you've been striving at any level, I, I just really want you to take a big, deep breath right now and just let the old season go. Because I, what's going to be powerful is that as you rest in him, you're going to have higher productivity. There is stuff that you're going to be able to accomplish that only you, only you're going to be able to accomplish as you rest in him. So he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Verse three, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God has created and made. Here's number four, verse four. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord had made the earth and the heavens in that, in the day, somebody say in the day, somebody say in the day, in the day that the Lord had, uh, had made the heavens and the earth. Um, the, the powerful thing about this, I, I'm stuttering only because I, I have to pace myself so I can make sure I get everything out that I'm supposed to get out, is, is this idea of the day. Well, we understand that there were several days, right? Many days that God obviously created in. But I want you to, t- I really want to press in to the importance of a day in God importance of a day in God, okay? Uh, God determines um, which day you're in. Let's just talk about that for a minute. And the day you're in, when God's talking about a day, he is not always talking about a 24-hour process, okay? He's not always talking about a 24 As a matter of fact, the Bible says very clearly that a day could be a thousand years. You know, it, it, could, it could be a thousand years to God. And that, that opens up some stuff because now this helps our concept even when we're receiving and engaging, um, engaging what we believe God is saying to us in our lives and the language that God uses. It's very important that we press into prayer to know what is God saying when he's talking about days. Now, I'm not talking about prophets telling you stuff going to happen in five days and God means 5,000 years. I'm not saying that um, because, yeah, I'm not saying that. So I'm not letting prophetic people off the hook uh, for, for anything they're saying. But what I do think is important is that you need to evaluate how God uses the day you're in. Uh, The day is not a 24-hour span. The day could literally be an era. It can be a literal era. Uh, It could be a span of time that surpasses decades, right? it's, It's an era. And in that era, he could be doing something specific and moving in a specific way. And so I want you to realize um, what's happening right now is there's a shift. As we know that 2021 is the year of the plan of the Lord. If it's the year of the plan of the Lord, we're moving into the concept of what God sees a day as. And we're moving outside of whatever we view the day is. What does God want to get out of the day? What is his plan in the day? Because what we know about a day, obviously, is studying even the first part of Genesis chapter 1. God has a plan for every day. There's something that he does specifically in each day. And so you've got to know what is God up to in this day, right? He did something very unique in the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. What, did he, what is he doing in this day? In order to find that out, it's going to, I'm going to take you back where I always take you. It's going to man, it's going to be a mandate that you press into place of prayer. 
right? If you're not in prayer and the study of God's word, you'll never comprehend the day. Right. It reminds me, it reminds me, McClintock, of the of the sons of Issachar. The Bible says begins to be able to discern the times and seasons in God. So being aware of how God is moving and how he's shifting, he's doing something unique in the day. I need to move from that. But somebody just type in the day, the day. Okay, so the history of the heavens and the earth were created in the day that the Lord had made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. Very interesting. There was no man to till the ground. Okay, anyway, uh, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Brings us to verse 7. Here we are. And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. The, man, the, the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. I want to deal with that word form tonight for a minute, okay? Is that okay with you? Um, let's deal with that word form for a minute. It expresses this, the relation of craftsmen to material, craftsmen to material. The actual implications of this original word formed in its original language, Hebrew, um, imp- the implications of it is skill, skill. So God skilled hands, right? The hands of a craftsman took material and began to create man out of it. What this brings you into is detail, detail. You were created with great detail. Nothing was made of you at any level haphazardly. You were created with great detail. Here's a better word, and intentionality. And intentionality. So, So man was formed, what, out of the dust of the ground. Science has proved that the substance of his flesh, sinews, bones, consists of the very same elements as the soil, which forms the crust of the earth and the limestone that lies embedded in the bowels of the earth. So scientists have proven, appreciate your evolution, scientists have proven the fact that the literal ground and man itself and our skin and our sinews are carrying the same elements So the earth will prove the word if you allow it to. Now, if you want to look for doubt and a way out, you will always find it. There's a whole bunch of different things that you could go on on the travel, on the road, traveling on the road of doubt, right? Oh, I don't want to, when was the scriptures closed? When was the canon of scriptures closed? Why was who chose what and chose that? I mean, we go on all of these roads, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with learning, but at the end of the day, you need to be clear that you're not allowing yourself to be taken to a place of doubt and unbelief. Anything that can be shaken will be shaken in this day. In this day. And so it's very important that you're grounded in the word of God, right? It's the infallible word of God. The word of God is infallible. Do you hear me? And you need to go ahead and work in that thing. And I understand that some of you are great minds, but I'm just going to encourage you. I mean, going to read the books of Enoch and all of that. I want you to read these. These right here. In this book. Those 66. Get them down. Learn them. Before we start traveling to all the extra books. We got enough books. I don't know why we're going on excursions. 
just other stuff. All right. I'm just saying it's enough right here. We are made from the crust of the earth, right? But that material, is, 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 it brings us to the place of admiring the structure, the structure of the human body. How God formed, what he formed, and how he formed it. I love Psalms 139 and verse 14. It says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. So this idea of admiration for the creation of God, he made you out of, now the power of that is that God can take any material and make whatever he wants to do with it. He can take any material and create whatever he wants to create with it. Okay, so here you are made in his image and his likeness. You can take things that people would never think could be used and create something marvelous with it. So, so now we got to start dealing with how we look at materials. What is your perspective of the materials that you have at hand? If you're going to embrace your God side, you're going to embrace the divinity that God has, has brought you out of, and meaning that you were born out of divinity, you are divine inside of a human body without a shadow of a doubt. If this is the truth and you're made in the image and likeness of God and we're supposed to create for whatever God's called for you to create, he's already given you the materials. Matter of fact, the scripture says that he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. What are you seeing when you look around you? And what perspective are you seeing it with? Right? So I can look around and I can say, I don't have enough. I can look around and say, this won't work. Or I can look around and say, what can I do with what I have? That's the perspective of a builder. Ooh-wee. What can I do with what I have? What can I create? How can I move? How can I maneuver? Because I'm going to tell you, it's easy for stuff to just be given to you. It's easy to have everything at hand. You are not created by God to just move in ease. It's not supposed to be easy. It doesn't mean striving, but that means that there is some work. First thing he did, he dropped, I'm going to show you in a minute, he dropped man in and gave that dude a job. There's, there's some work that you're going to do, right? And part of that work is that you've got to express that faith through action. What are you doing with the materials? What materials are in your house? What material are in your, are in your, in your storehouse right now? What does God, what is God already giving you? And could it be what he gave you, you just don't like it? I, I want to talk to you, some of you right now because I feel very prophetic on this one right here about your voice he's given you. Wow. The Lord told me to tell somebody watching right now that your money you need is locked in the release of your voice, literally. And if you will begin to say what he wants you to say to whom he's called for you to say it to, your bank account is about to stack like crazy. Why? There are people that you're sent to that your voice unlocks. Lord have mercy. It's the idea of it's the idea of sheep know their shepherd. It's not just talking about sheep know God the shepherd. That's what you want to think. But 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 sheep also know the earthly shepherds that God has sent around them. 
When you come in contact with the right voice, something leaps inside of you. That's why you can't let the devil tear you away from whatever shepherds that God has placed in your life because there's protection by way of the staff of the shepherd. There's guidance that comes. But when you find the right shepherd, man, that voice does something. I can be some places about to do something. And, I, and for some of you, you, you know, because people struggle with um, recognizing when God has blessed you with people and they start taking honor and don't and calling it worship. And trust me, there are people who definitely idolize men and women of God. And I tell people all the time, don't put me on any pedestal, okay? Because God cuts heads off of idols and I would like my head, okay? And I don't want to go anywhere. So don't idolize me. Uh, but but there's a difference. For, it's a far difference between, I want to say that, between idolization and honor. And, and I know you people think there's a fine line. There is no fine line. There are actually two different worlds. There are two different worlds. When people have been, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. When people have been absent from seeing honor work in their natural lives, it becomes too much for them to see it working when they come into covenant families or into other circumstances. Right? So let's say you had a bad parent. The Lord wants me to talk about this, so let's do it. Let's say you had a bad parent and you had a problem um, um, honoring that parent because that parent, let's say, was just horrible, abusive, right? Uh, just a bad parent. So you didn't see the operation of honor in your childhood, right, because this was in place. And even though we shouldn't, we don't honor people because of what they do. I just want to drop that out there. We honor people because of who they are, the creation of God. And so that's the problem. People are honoring people based on actions. Now, don't get me wrong. The scripture goes on and say double honor upon men and women of God that, that lead us in the word. So there's, there's even levels to honor, apparently. The scripture said it. I didn't say it. So uh, apparently there's level to honor, but everybody should receive honor. Right? The guy you walk by on the street, we dishonor him when we ignore him. So when you see the guy asking for money, just respond and say, I don't want to give anything. Stop lying and say you don't have anything. First of all, repent. Um, but... But, but just say, I don't want to give you anything, right? But wh why don't you move into the way of the apostles? Like silver and gold, I'm not about to give you, right? I'm not going to give that to you. But what I do have, come on, let's, get, let's release some supernatural power to see something come to pass. How about that? But anyway, we have walked in places where we haven't seen honor. So then when we, when we come into the space where we see it, it becomes foreign to people. And this is not a, you know, I'm not downing people, but it becomes foreign. But I want us to really press into honoring every day. And if you honor every day and you honor everyone, the concept of honor will not be something that's foreign to you. You'll be able to move in that every day. See, I value these individuals that are seated with me on the couch today. <laughs> is I, I honor each and every one of them. I value them, right? I value them. Part of why I asked for them to come today is because I value them. Doesn't mean I don't value you at home. So I bind rejection. Jesus. Uh, uh, but but I, I value them. I could hear it coming. I, why didn't I get on the couch? Uh, amen. I value them, right? And, and these are people that the Lord has called for me to pour into, right? But I value them. 
I value them. I'm their leader, but I value them. I value and honor my children. Right? And so in my honoring them, honor is seen through actions, how I respond to people. My willingness to serve an individual is seen through honor. Are, are, we, are we getting that today? Okay, okay, so, amen. So honor should be very, very important in the structure of our life, and we must honor the work that God has done in and through us. So um, I'm running out of time. Here we go. So what we begin to see is that God created man. Right? He created man, and through the beauty of his creation, there was intentionality. Not only do we see the intentionality of God, the Bible says that God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he did something. He breathed. He breathed. Okay? All of that was introduction. Here's the message it was supposed to. <laughs> Tonight's message is called When God Breathes. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll do as best as we can. So all of that was intro. All right, so... When, as, as, as God is breathing, right, that's powerful, first of all, the breath of God. What, what happens when God, when God breathes? When God breathes, first of all, when it's talking about him breathing here, this is something very personal. It's actually intimate, and the implication is a face-to-face intimate kiss. The, the implications uh, uh, of that original Hebrew word is actually a face-to-face kiss. Uh, and so when, when, when God breathed into man the breath of life, um, it was intimacy. It was intimate. I need you to get that because that's how God wants all of us to experience him, right? He wants you to live in this face-to-face experience, this face-to-face experience. We look into a glass dimly. We, we look into a glass dimly. We look into a glass dimly but then face to face. What happens, what is the process of getting to the face-to-face encounter with God? It's the idea of becoming more like him. So it's coming to his original, we're going back to the future. We're going back to the original intent of what God wanted when he created Adam and Eve in Genesis, right? We're going back to that space. Sin came in and tried to pull us out of the God intention. As we press in to who God has created us to be in intimate relationship with him, the more we become like him, when we look into the mirror, when we see, when we see him face to face, we see him in us. We see his image in us. The more we press into Christ's likeness. Is this making sense to anybody? The more we press into Christ's likeness. So we see here this intimate experience of this kiss where it's a significant, it's very significant, and he begins to breathe the breath of life. The breath of life. I love John chapter 20 and verse 22 where Jesus bestows Holy Spirit and, and he does something very powerful. He breathes upon them in John chapter 20 and verse 22. It's the same idea of breathing. Different words, Hebrew word and a Greek word, but the same idea of breathing upon man. So what we see even more is the pattern. Here's the pattern. God so loved, so he gave. We see this pattern already visible in Genesis. God so, the intimacy. God so loved man right? He came, he so loved him. He came into this intimate space with him and he gave, he gave, he gave what? The breath of life, the breath of life, the breath of life. And he breathed, the Bible said, into the nostrils, the breath of life. And man became a living being. I'm confused. Man was created in Genesis, 
Man didn't live in Genesis 1. Man was created, but man didn't live to Genesis 2. Man was created in Genesis 1, but man didn't live to Genesis 2. That did not even mean that man did not have a soul. That's not what it's saying. The ensoulment of Adam took place before God breathed into him the breath of life. So what is it talking about here, about breath? The spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of God. This is the idea of God releasing Holy Spirit into man. Holy Spirit, the active part of the Godhead being breathed into man. So there's an idea and there's a question that we've got to ask each other. That if man was created in Genesis 1, but then life did not really come into Genesis 2, what is life? What is life? Is life just being born? Is life just being in the earth? Or is it possible that we never really live until we interact with the breath of life, Holy Spirit? Could it be that we are just existing and not really living until we begin to engage the power of Holy Spirit? Could it be? I want to think about that for a minute. Because then I want you to think about how many believers, no shade, who receive Jesus into their lives but deny Holy Spirit. So there's a measure of life that is not being lived until you engage and honor the person of Holy Spirit. The breath of life. The breath of life coming into your existence so that you can be able to do what God has created you to do. So I prefer to live and not just exist. I I prefer to live and not just exist. And I understand that I'm not going to experience real life until I experience Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I need his breath. Come on, say it again. I need his breath. Each and every one of us need the breath of God into our lives. So I want to give you some scriptures, right? Genesis chapter 2 and 7, we already there. I want to give you Acts chapter 17. In verse 25, okay? I want to give those to you. And then I want to talk really quickly as much as I can. Uh, the clock says two minutes and 41 seconds. I'm going to take more. But, but this is what I want to give you. I want to give you some things to study about the breath of God, okay? And I want you to study on your own. I, I, I want you to study Holy Spirit, right, as the emblem, right? The emblem of Holy Spirit as the breath of God, right? John chapter 20, verse 21 through 22. I talked about it earlier right? God's creative breath. I want you to look at that in Psalms 33 and verse 6. Here's something different. God's enlightening breath. Job chapter 32 and verse 8, and I'll go into more of this next week. God's regenerating breath, right? We see that in Ezekiel chapter 7, 37. A matter of fact, let me turn there. Someone, no, I'll go on my computer. Uh, let's go there. There's something there for us. Let's go to Ezekiel 37, and let's see the breath of God in action. Let's see the breath of God in action in Ezekiel 37. 
right? You, you know what this is. The Bible says in verse uh, 37 of verse 1, Then the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit on, um, of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by all of them, and behold, there were very many in an open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. Very dry. Type into the comments today, very dry. These bones were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Can these, remember that, remember breath, right? The life comes out of the breath of God. Life comes out of the breath of God. Life comes out of the movement of Holy Spirit. So I answered, Lord, uh, oh, oh, you know, only you know. Verse number four, and again he said to me, here it is, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Watch the power of prophecy has the ability to bring life. The prophecy is a part of the operation of the breath of God. It's a part of the breath of God being released. When you shut off the mouth of the prophetic, you're stopping the flow of the breath of God to a nation, to a people, to a kind, to a type. And part of what the enemy wants to do is shut up the mouth of the prophetic so that people will not have life to, to the bones. Let's keep moving. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath, somebody say breath, to enter into you and you shall live, right? So there's no life until breath comes. There's, here it is again. There's no life until breath comes. When breath comes, living comes. You don't live until the breath comes. There is no real life without Holy Spirit. This is the moving action of Holy Spirit far before Acts. The Holy Spirit, remember, he was moving upon the face of the waters, Genesis 1. He's already been, he's always been present. He's always been present, right? And so we see him even active in Ezekiel chapter 37. So he says, I will put sinews on you. And bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And there it is, just like we saw in Genesis, then I'm going to put breath in you and you shall live. And what happens when the breath comes and you live? Then you will know I am the Lord. So the knowledge of God only comes with the activity of breath. So you can bring, you can bring a bunch of words and you can teach them, and you can teach them, and can, you, you can teach them. But if you make them void of the Spirit of God, there's no life to them. So I want you to think about how many gatherings around the world who are teaching the Word is powerful, but there's no breath. And without breath, there's no real life. So we can have knowledge and no breath. And until breath comes, there'll be no manifestation of the level of the word at the, at the rate and the level that God wants that word to be manifest in your life. Just type in the comments, I have to have breath. I have to have breath. I have to have breath. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Um, bone to bone. Uh, everybody has a bone that you're supposed to be connected with. Each and every individual, I want you to understand this, the power in you walking in the fullness of what God wants you to walk into 
is you being willing to connect to the right bones. In other words, to connect to the right body. Let's keep moving. And so, and so the Bible says, so I prophesied as I commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was what? No breath. A body with no breath. It's a picture of the modern day church. Bodies, no breath. I'm about to go home. I don't want to. Bodies, no breath. Bones connected, but no breath. I need you to make sure you get this because it's not good enough for us just to build families. I'm even talking about your natural family. You got to build a family with breath in it. You, 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 it's not good enough just to be married. These two, ain't they cute? I just think they're one of the cutest couples in the world. And so they, they, are, they, are, they are a good-looking couple, right? But it's not just good for the McClintocks to just marry one another. They got to have breath. They got to have breath moving in that marriage. That's what's going to allow that marriage to function at the level that God called for it to function is the breath of God to flow into that experience. We don't want to have bodies with no breath. Let's move. Verse 9, he also said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus said the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. And breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me. And as I prophesied, a breath came into them and they lived. Breath came and they what? Breath came and they what? There is no living without breath. What is breath representing? The power and the movement of Holy Spirit. What happened when breath came? They lived and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. What was just bones before, the power of a prophetic person began to pull bodies together that was disjointed before that moment. And then when those bodies came together, he prophesied to the wind that the breath may come, and when that breath came, there was an exceeding great army. When you begin to allow the breath of God come, what was just a bunch of bodies becomes an army, a force that can come against the gates of hell and cause for revival to hit America and the nations of the world. But it is not going to happen without the breath of God being released. When the breath of God comes, then the army comes. Then the army comes, then you're going to see revival in America. It is not going to happen without the breath coming upon these bodies and these bodies turning into an ex great army and it will no longer be just separate bodies but when the bodies come together the army is formed why does the enemy want you disconnected church of God why does he want churches against churches bodies against bodies because if you ever come in agreement and allow the breath of God to flow there will be an exceeding great army that will arise in this nation and will come up against the gates of hell and then we'll see change in business 
Then we'll see change in arts and entertainment. Then we'll see change in media. But the Bible makes it clear God brings judgment to his house first. And the great judge Jehovah speaks to the body of Christ and saying that this is the hour for us to come into the unity of the faith. Ephesians 4, the unity of the faith. How does that come? We've got to have apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, strengthening, building the body of Christ up to do the work of the ministry, allowing the breath of God to move through them, to form and fashion an army that will take this world by storm. But where does the army come? It begins with the breath. We'll do part two next week. It begins with the breath of God. The breath of God. The breath of God. God formed man intentionally with purpose, created him. He was there. He breathed the breath. And when he breathed the breath, man finally lived. We see the same parallel, Ezekiel 37. We see something powerful happening, John chapter 20. Jesus was so serious about them receiving the breath before he left. He says, I'm not about to ascend to heaven. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting because the Bible says that he breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost. But then, I don't have time, but then the Holy Spirit, the scripture says, doesn't descend Unto Acts 2. Let's deal with it next week. So it is important for you to understand that God wants you to interact with his. You need the breath of God. Holy Spirit has to become your best friend. He has to become your best friend. There has to be a relationship with him so that you can be able to move into the function that God wants you to move into. And I just sense it. So right now, right where you are at home, I just want you to lift your hands and let's just just receive from Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you today, right now, for the power of Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, that each and every individual that's watching right now, that they are moving out of the place of just existing and they're moving into the life of God. We thank you for the breath, the pneuma, the ruach. We thank you for the breath of God being released, Father. We thank you, Lord, for that life-giving breath being released to your children. There is an awakening that's happening. Hallelujah. There's a coming alive. There's an awakening. Whoa. There's an awakening that's happening across the land. And so we welcome the activity of Holy Spirit. We welcome the breath of God to move in and through our lives. We welcome the breath of God. And we thank you, Lord God. Nothing will stop us from embracing your breath, Father. Nothing will stop us from embracing Holy Spirit. We will not be a people that, oh, that despises the work of Holy Spirit. Ooh, for your word says very clearly, despise not prophesying, quench not the Spirit. And so, Lord, we thank you that we will not be a people that quenches the move of the Spirit. We will not be a people that shuts off the the move of the Spirit, but we shall be a people, hallelujah, that teaches the ways, uh, that teaches the ways and the moves uh, of the breath of God. We shall be a people that's willing to allow that to be our difference uh, and allow us to carry, hallelujah, the breath of God into every man's world, into every man's space. Uh, Let us be carriers of your breath, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And let us position ourselves like Ezekiel. And let us stand, Father, and look at those bones and prophesy. Oh, give us prophetic vision. Hallelujah. To see and prophesy what you want to happen. Glory to God. Give us your eyes. Many see a valley of dead bones and have given up on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as an intercessory people, as a people of intercession, we don't just see dead bones and we don't just weep over dead bones. We see what you see. You saw the exceeding great army before he even began to prophesy. And through that vision you gave Ezekiel the unction to prophesy. And so we as a prophetic people and we as a people of intercession, we gather together in prayer today and we say we are willing, hallelujah, to prophesy to the four winds. And we pray now, God, that as we as we prophesy to the four winds, let the wind blow, I pray, my God. Let the wind blow across our nation. Let the wind blow. Hallelujah. Let it blow on Catholic churches and Presbyterian churches and Anglican churches, non-denominational churches. Uh, let it blow on the church of God in Christ, the assembly of God. Let it blow, Father, on networks and, and let it blow, Father, on groups and gatherings. Let it blow on home churches and, and let it blow on mega churches and, and let it blow on micro churches uh, and let it blow, Father, on every gathering of the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ in this nation. Uh, we need the wind and we pray for the wind. We need the breath of God uh, and we pray for the breath of God. Uh, hallelujah. Let us, oh God, hallelujah. Here, let us here, let us affect the culture, but carry the breath. Hallelujah. Let us be a gathering of believers uh, that make a decision. We will impact culture. We will shift culture. And we'll do it, oh God. We'll do it in style. And we'll do it with creativity. And we'll do it with strategy. But we won't forget the breath. <laughs> we won't forget the breath. We'll go and we'll be culturally relevant. But we won't forget the breath. We'll do our blogs. We'll do our we'll do our vlogs. We'll do everything you told us to do. We'll do our videos. We'll create our branding. We'll have our likes, our cameras. We'll do everything you told us to do. We'll do everything you told us to do, but we won't do it without the breaths. Let this church be carriers of his breath to America. Let us be carriers of his breath to our world around us. Let us be carriers of breath to our natural family. Let us be carriers of your breath, my God. Let us be carriers of your breath, Father, and let your breath be our difference. And let your breath be our difference. Hallelujah. And let our breath be your dif our difference. Your breath be our difference, Father. I make a commitment. Even though my wife isn't here physically, we together make a commitment as the apostles of this movement we will never forsake the breath of God. We make, we make a clear commitment. We will never forsake the breath of God. No matter what you do, how far you expand us, and you're expanding us, and you're doing great things. But Father, we make a declaration. We won't do it without your breath. We won't do it without your life. It doesn't matter where it takes us. It doesn't matter where we go. We will not do it without the breath. Let us be a people of your breath, we pray. Woo! Just take a minute right there in your home and just worship. As a matter of fact, let's take the next few moments and pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Spirit, the evidence of tongues, don't trip. Just pray in your understanding. But whatever you do, just pray. Father, we thank you. My son, de sight. Wow. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Whoa, thank you. Thank you so much for the breath of God. Whoa. Thank you so much for the breath of God. The breath of God, the breath of God, 
Wow. Thank you, Lord, for that today. Maybe you're watching right now and you said, uh, Sherman, I'm not filled with the spirit, um, with the evidence of tongues, and I want to be filled today. Listen to me. While you're watching right now, I believe the spirit of God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts chapter 2 begins to talk about the dissension of Holy Spirit, right? And they begin to pray uh, in the spirit as the spirit gave them utterance. They prayed with unknown tongues. Uh, it is a supernatural thing, so you cannot focus on it in your natural mind. It's an utterance that God gives to you. You don't have to strain for it. You don't have to try to press for it. It's by faith. It's the same by faith that you experience when you receive Jesus into your life. When you receive Jesus into your life. As a matter of fact, let's do this real quick. If you're watching right now and you need to receive Jesus into your life, you need the, you need the forgiveness of your sins. Uh, you need to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Today is your day. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And so right where you are, I want you to repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins and rising on the third day. I confess my sins and I thank you, Lord, for cleansing me of all unrighteousness. Jesus, be the Lord of my life and be my director. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That fast, you're saved. It's done, right? Your sins are, are forgiven. You're cleansed of unrighteousness. You are saved. Welcome to the family of God. Now, as you are saved, that's the only prerequisite you did. Just by faith right now, you prayed and you received salvation. By faith right now, you can receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues. And again, it's not about striving. It's not about fighting. You just receive by faith. Everything in the kingdom of God works by faith. So remember this, it's the spirit that gives utterance. And what's important for you to understand is that you cannot try to figure out or rationalize what you sound like. You also cannot compare. It's very important to not compare your prayer language to another person's prayer language. I am old in God, if you will. I've been praying in the Spirit for a long time. Don't be trying to, you know, you know, come in. Listen, my son, my baby, my two-year-old, he said he filled with the Holy Ghost. I asked him. He said he is. And he prayed in the Holy Ghost. He said, boom. And so I, I don't, you know, hey, I'm with it. That's your tongue. I'm not fighting it, right? And so I don't want you to think that you have to feel, sound like a full-grown person when you you are new in praying in the spirit. You let the spirit of God give you utterance. You pray what you hear. You pray what you hear, whatever that is. I, oh, and people say, well, I don't, don't want to pray demonic things. Right now, the devil's not involved in this. I'm just telling you right now. The devil's not involved with nothing with you in praying in the Holy Ghost. So don't worry about that. You pray what you hear. And as you pray, you're going to see you, God's going to give you a prayer language. Why do you need that, okay? You don't need it to be saved. You can make it to heaven without ever praying in any kind of tongue. 
to be clear on that. But praying in the spirit according to the scriptures, it builds up our faith, okay? And it also helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray, when we don't have natural words to say, or we don't have, uh, 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 yeah, natural words to say. The spirit prays through us, the scripture says, all right? So it's a supernatural phenomenon. It cannot be explained, right? Glossilea. Come on, Sherman, get it out. It is a supernatural language that God is releasing to you, okay? And so you're going to begin to see the power of that happen today. How do I receive it? I just want you to begin to worship God and worship God and just receive by faith. And what you hear, pray that out. What you hear, pray that out. What you hear, pray that out. And so I'm going to finish, uh, spend a few moments praying in the spirit. Those that are here with me, we're going to pray in the spirit. Uh, I'm going to pray that God releases to you your prayer language. You just receive that by faith. Receive that by faith. A matter of fact, just as a sign, just as a sign, I want you just to put your hands out like you're receiving something. Um, just as a sign, just as a sign. This is scriptural. Just as a prophetic sign, just do that. And, and I just want you to receive and I want you to pray what the Lord gives you. And as he does that, I believe the Lord is about to fill some people with the spirit, with the evidence of tongues, okay? So let's just pray in the spirit for a moment. Let's just do that. Father, thank you so much. Father, I say as you said in your word, receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. Receive the Holy Ghost. I, I release now in this whole, oh, in this supernatural moment. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive you the Holy Ghost. I pray as the Spirit gives you utterance. And pray what you hear. Don't, oh, hallelujah. The breath of God is moving tonight. Receive, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Pray what you hear. Let it just flow out of you. You have to move your mouth to do it. Just begin to pray. As you begin to pray, hallelujah, the Spirit of God's going to pray through you tonight. It's coming in a syllable. It's coming, hallelujah, in a, come on, in an unknown language. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Come on, and just pray right now. That's it. You're being filled with the Spirit of God right now. With the evidence of tongues. Come on. It's like a well that's overflowing. That's what's happening. It's like a well that's overflowing. Receive the overflow, and the overflow comes uh, through your language. It's coming. Whoa. It's coming through your language tonight. It's coming. Wow. It's coming through your language tonight. The breath of God is moving across the globe right now. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. The breath of God is being loose to you right now. Woo! Right now. Wow. Right now. There's encounters happening right now. Whoa! Hallelujah. Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! And we praise you, Lord. Fulfilling your people tonight. Now, I know by the Spirit, there are some that have received, hallelujah, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And if you have received today and you prayed in your prayer language for the first time today, I, I, want, you, I want you to just type it to the comments field. I need someone to go to my Facebook as well so we can count these because we're on both. Um, and, and YouTube. If, if you've been filled with the Spirit today, 
with the evidence of tongues and you've been filled, I want you to type in filled. I, I can sense that someone has experienced something supernatural tonight. Wow. And we thank you for that Holy Spirit. We thank you for that Holy Spirit tonight. We thank you for that Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're doing right now. Just type in field if you've been filled with the Spirit. We just want to count. It could be two. It could be three. Whatever the Lord has done tonight, we, we honor whatever he's doing, um, however he's moved. Um, and, uh, Father, we thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus for filling your people uh, with the Holy Ghost tonight. And we thank you, Father how you're moving. Uh, wow. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. We are so grateful. There's so much happening. We're, we're so uh, in the spirit. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for how you're moving. Thank, thank you so much, Father. Uh, hallelujah. We are so grateful for the, for the for, hallelujah. We are grateful. We are grateful for the move of the spirit right now. We are so grateful Wowzers, we are so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. We're so grateful for what you're doing and how you're moving tonight, Father. We are so grateful for that. Listen, I want us to, 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 I want us to sow tonight. Uh, before we do that, actually, you need a church home. Um, and I would love to be your pastor from anywhere around the world. Anywhere around the world. We, my wife and I would love to be your pastors. We would love to be your leaders. You can join All Nations, San Bernardino, from anywhere globally. We actually, it's not just watching us online. We have a whole online community we're building here uh, to service you. And I, again, we would love uh, to be a part of your journey. Um, you can be watching from anywhere, and we want to connect with you. Everyone needs community. Everyone needs a church family, and we want to be that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We want to be that for you. We want to be that for you today. And so um, maybe you're watching right now, and you would like to make this church your church home. I would encourage you today um, to, just, to, to just type in the comments home if you want to join. But I, I want you to do something. We have something we're trying to get to you. We want to follow with you. We want to connect with you. I want you to type new text, new partner to the number 94090. A new partner to the number 94090. I want you to text that. If you're joining the church today, you're making this your church home, uh, we're celebrating that tonight. And we, we are so looking forward to journeying with you um, in your journey with God. But then also, if you gave your life to Christ tonight, I want you to type, uh, to text the word lifeline to the number 94090. Again, you're, you're texting lifeline to the number 94090. And again, we need you to do this because we have something we want to get to you. And we want to follow up with you on your journey. And it's vitally important that we're able to connect with you and follow up with you. So we're excited for those that receive the Holy Ghost tonight, gave their lives to Christ tonight, joined the church tonight. I think they told me that we saw two people that receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues. That is amazing. That is amazing. We can't just teach without actually activating, and I think it's so important to do that. And so we celebrate the two tonight, right? And we celebrate what God is doing in and through their lives. We're going to give 
and we're not going to take a long time to do it. I want to encourage you to get some seed in your hand. Uh, we're going to sow into the work of the Lord tonight. I want you to allow Holy Spirit, let the breath of God lead you tonight in what you are to sow into the work of the Lord. We are so committed to doing his work, and we're so committed to taking the power of Holy Spirit to this world and for them to experience it. We're a house that believes in miracles, signs, and wonders. We've seen the blind eyes open, deaf ears open. We've seen God heal people of cancer. We've seen gross disappear, not to our own glory, but what is it? It's the breath of God. It's the breath of God moving. And so we are experiencing high rates and levels of the breath of God moving. And we are believing that as you sow into this good ground, where the breath of God is moving, you're sowing in faith, believing that God is even releasing that breath and that activity to your world and into your life. So we want you to sow tonight, and we want you to sow well. There's several ways that you can sow. You can text NYSBD to the number 77977. Again, you're going to text NYSBD to the number 77977. You can also give securely through our app. Download our All Nations San Bernardino app, and as you do that, you can give securely through the app as well. And then on our website, allnationssbd.com, allnationssamboydavid.com, you can go and, and, and sow there securely as well and to sow into the work of the Lord. If it's your week to tithe, go ahead and do that. Um, but we're encouraging everyone that's viewing to go ahead and give an offering today. Um, and uh, and we're, we're believing that God is going to do some great things and he's going to use your seed to help take his breath to the nations of the world through this ministry that's impacting the world. This morning, people were joining us from prayer from Kenya. God is doing something very, very powerful, uh, reaching Kenya. People were on from Pennsylvania. People were on from Maryland. People were on from all over uh, the, the country and the world joining us. So God is expanding our reach um, into the nations. And as you sow into this, this ministry, you're helping take the breath of God uh, to people and allowing them to experience the power of God. So do that today. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.